On this road trip that Sarah and I just took, I renewed my love affair with maps. She thought it was going to go differently, maybe, but with maps, I love, even with the advent of GPS, there is nothing like a good paper map in one's hand. Now, I have to admit, on this trip, most of the time, the maps were in Sarah's lap as I was driving, as she was, um, we were together figuring out where we'd go and even where we would sleep. We had no reservations at all. We just went. Um, of course, when we got to some place, I would, we would always go to like the visitor center someplace so I could get a map in my hand and find our way around. And in those instances, never when Sarah was guiding, but sometimes in those instances, I would find, we would find ourselves lost. And Sarah would suggest, silly as she is, that we should ask for directions. <laughs> and I'd say, no, I'm sure we can find, we can do it on ourselves. We'll make our way fine, no problem at all. And uh, obviously at times we, that worked out, at other times it did not work out and we would end up lost. Even with GPS, people can end up lost. And um, Sarah uh, would uh, ask for directions. And inevitably she received those directions with such friendliness and such hospitality. That's why we still have to be ready because there are people wandering around uh, uh, and we have to be ready, be prepared to be there to help when people are seeking direction in life because you just never know when these wanderers or someone with them will get up the courage to ask. This is especially the case in a spiritual sense. People in this world we live in uh, including ourselves, feel lost. Uh, we are searching. And oftentimes we uh, find ourselves and others find themselves afraid to ask for direction, for fear of perhaps just not looking sort of with it or perhaps because they desire, uh, as we do often, to keep up the appearance that we have things in control. Uh, we are in control of whatever situation we find ourselves in. We have to be prepared for them, too, when they ask for direction, to be ready to offer direction, to be ready to share our faith. This is our call as children of God, and this is our call as a church. Jesus knows, as we saw in that passage, the 15th chapter from Luke this morning, that it can be pretty tempting to focus on who is here rather than on those who are not. And I'm sure that the, uh, the, the shepherd in our story this morning would have been tempted to look past the one and see the 99. I mean, 99%, I think, is still an A+. I know it used to be an A+. I'm pretty sure it's still an A+, today. And that's not bad, but the shepherd... Uh, and Jesus are not satisfied with the 99%. The shepherd, confident that the other 99 will uh, look after each other, will surround each other, will support each other, goes off to find the other one. We need to be a church of shepherds like that.
Because you know that there are people in your life, just like you know you yourself at times in your life, uh, who are lost, who are wandering. Now, I'm not saying all of their lives is in some state of disaster, um, but maybe there's just something missing like some of us have felt at times in our lives. But whether they're really suffering or they are just searching, they might not just stop whatever they're doing and pull right up next to you and ask for directions. But they need help just the same. Just like we have needed help in our lives. And that they're, that just how people in our lives have uh, been there when we needed someone to ask. Even when we didn't ask with words, but just asked with a body or soul that showed that we needed to be found. Not that we have all the answers. We need to be there. Not that we have all the answers. Not in any sort of high and mighty way, but we are called to share with others the, 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 the joy, the peace, the power of God's guiding presence in our lives. And even denominations like the United Methodist Church can find themselves lost at times, in need of help, uh, in need of our help to encourage, to push, to pull it back in the right direction. The reality is that there is a lot of hurting in our world. Certainly, the decision of General Conference of the United Methodist Church has brought a, lot of, brought a lot of hurting into the lives of folks who call themselves United Methodists. But that is not a new thing, unfortunately, in this world we live in. That has happened within the church. It has happened within the United Methodist Church. It's happened within all churches, within all faith communities, within every society. As you know, probably as well as I do, this is a hurting world we live in. In this trip that Sarah and I went on, we visited places like the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, which is now a museum, the place where Martin Luther King was shot. We visited the Oklahoma City bombing site and the memorial that's there. We visited the Civil Rights Museum in Jackson, Mississippi. We visited in El Paso, Texas, the border, and saw the wall. We went across this nation and stopped at small cities where it is clear people are struggling economically and in other ways where there is a feeling of deep hurt and disconnect and where you can really feel, as I did, and I think we, Sarah and I both did in, in new and powerful ways, how people can feel left behind in this world we live in. The reality is that that does not happen just in far-off places. That is happening today just outside the doors of this church. People feel left behind. People feel left out. People are hurting. We know that because we have felt that in our lives at times. 
to varying degrees and in different ways. And yet here we are, as Paul wrote to that church in Corinth, in that second letter to the Corinthians, as you heard in that fifth chapter, here we are called to be ambassadors of Christ, ambassadors for Christ. We're expected to let people know that this journey of faith we are on, that this church we are a part of, is open to everyone. That every searching person is invited to grow within the nurturing and inspiring and empowering community that we strive to be in this place. That no one, no matter who they are, should ever think that somehow they are beyond God's love or God's grace, that the door is always open, open hearts, open minds, open doors. In fact, this, this in reality was Jesus' point uh, when he shared this parable in the midst of the grumbling and, and, and muttering of religious leaders around him, uh, when he was searching out those whom society and the church treated as outsiders. And the sad reality is that, and we know this too well, too often churches and the societies that surround them have excluded people on all sorts of grounds. But the point of this passage is that labeling people in or out was not what Jesus was about and can never be what we're about. There is a lot of people in our society who feel disconnected. And that is why Paul wrote that we are called to be about a ministry of reconciliation. Certainly, especially now, but you know, this is not like a one-day thing. This is not a one-week thing. This is not a one-year thing. We are about a ministry of reconciliation every day, every week, every year. We've got to let people know that they have a home with God. They have a home within the church. That we are about continuing to work for a new creation. Where old thinking and old attitudes pass away and a new light and a new love shines. I'd love to tell you that someday that won't be the case. But that's not the world we live in. We're called to be about working in a world that needs to be transformed and will always need to be transformed. We're called to be about working toward a new creation. Think of that image of that shepherd when he finds that lost sheep. There's not a lot of conversation. He picks up, he rejoices. He rejoices in the one that has felt left out, being brought home again, being welcomed. There's rejoicing when the one who has felt left out, when the one who has felt alone disregarded, disrespected, disconnected, hurt, 
recognizes the new reality of a God in the flesh, in your flesh and in my flesh, who welcomes, who rejoices, who reconnects, who makes new again the beloved community of God. Now you might think to yourself, as we think about our individual responsibility, about what this faith sharing means in this hurting world we live in, it makes us a little uncomfortable when we think about sharing our faith. And, and certainly there's a variety of ways of doing that, but when we're ta- what we're talking about here is sharing it in the natural flow of our lives, in the natural flow of relationships. This is when people are open to hearing about what matters in life. It's not about fear. It's not about judgment. It's not about proclamation. It's about sharing how your faith has helped you feel when you were lost, when you needed strength. And it might not come out perfect, but the important thing is that we don't shy in the midst of this world we live in in the opportunities that God gives us when people are almost begging to be welcomed, to be pointed in a direction that leads them to a beloved community, all we are called to do is to let them know who we are, where you find direction, where you find meaning, where you find life, where you find hope, where you find love. That's, that's it. You know, Jesus left us, left those disciples and left us with the challenge, go and make disciples. He didn't say go and be disciples. That would have been hard enough. <laughs> he said go and make disciples. And some of us are uncomfortable with that word make. But in that word make, no matter how you define it, there is action. Jesus was saying, put your faith into action. Don't keep it all for yourself. Don't say, I'm in, and let the other people worry about themselves. What Jesus wanted to say is there are people in this world hurting. You yourself have felt that hurt. There are people in this world lost. You yourself have felt that lost feeling. There are people in this world who are alone. You have felt what it means to be lonely. Go and make them know the joy and the promise and the hope and the love of a God in the flesh through you. And that job might begin just in a few words shared at the right time, in a few moments spent with someone who needs it, in actions that give people examples of who we are as children of God in attitudes or perspectives on life that reflect a trust and a faith in God on being involved in new creations of what it means to be community. We do what we do for those yet here. We do why we are here is not for us. I am glad we are here together, and I'm glad for the support and the community that we have together, but we are here for those yet here who who will wander through those doors 
not by magic, but by God's grace and God's hope and God's love and God's joy working through you who risk sharing your faith, sharing what you believe and who you believe God to be, sharing how God has helped you and how God can help them to recognize that, recognizing that nothing happens, like I say all the time in our ministry, by magic. It happens because people step up, because you step up and make it happen. And I would just ask you, let's make that happen this week. Let's step up together in ministry this week and every week. In this lost and hurting world, you have the promise of hope. You have a loving heart. You have a peace that passes all understanding. Go and find someone who needs to know that for themselves. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we come before you with all the prayers of our hearts. <clears throat> prayers we've raised up and prayers we've shared silently with you. And we just ask your help today. Help for us as individuals, help for our church, help for our denomination, help for our nation. Because we are lost. But we know we are also found. We know, dear God, that your love works through us. That your light shines for us and with us and through us. And we just ask, dear God, uh, to give us strength to help that get shared within our own lives, for our own selves, for our neighbors, the broadest way. We pray these prayers in Jesus' name.